Hello and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because I already know. Yeah, I mean, anytime you lose to the Galaxy, it's never a good day. So I'm going to go drown my sorrows in some McDonald's or something. I don't know. <laughs> something terribly unhealthy that I Super need to not, it, Josh. Super yeah, that I need to not eat tonight. before my wedding. <laughs> As you all know, I am sure LAFC dropped another game in Carson, 2-1 to one, to the Galaxy tonight on a Chicharito and a Jonas Dos Santos goal. Uh, they were able to claw one back in the 62nd minute before conceding kind of at the death at, you know, around minute 80, I think it was, when Dos Santos scored. So not exactly at the death, but it felt like it. Um. Kind of a bizarre game for a lot of reasons. LAFC are without Carlos Vela. Um, it seems there's you know there's been rumors about him leaving. I don't buy into them. I think it's probably just they want to make sure he's he's fit. We, you and I talked about a couple weeks ago about how this is kind of the this may be the Seattle Sounders model of just start the season, get rolling. Doesn't really matter what happens as long as you make the playoffs. You can make a good run as long as you're informed. Then. Um, so fingers crossed, that's what's going on with Vela. Just protect him until he gets back and then get into form and, and win when it matters in MLS. Um, LAFC start off in a back three. They play this, they play a three, five, two, probably better described as a three, one, four, two, I think, because they didn't have a double pivot. They just had K back there. Um, yeah, (laughs) Josh. Take it from me before I get into to back threes here. No, I mean, I think when you look at the scope theme, obviously you're missing Carlos Vela, who I know, I think from most reports saying that he did train, you mm-hmm. know, this week, just not, I don't think he's in full training yet. Or, or Bob said he was in, sport. you know, I think he said he was in limited training, got through some full training, but still wasn't completely Quite there. Ready. Yeah, and again, your the training staff's not going to push that. I know people were talking about, like, oh, is this him holding out? Because I think he's he is in a contract year, you know. Mm-hmm. And so again, maybe is there truth that I don't know? I, I, I can't go there yet. I think the big thing is, you know, again, given his history, you know, and what it means down the stretch, right? Like, you you could lose this game, right? But if you, but if you, you know, a m- couple months from now, when it really matters. You know, you win, you win, you win when you're supposed to. You know, no one cares. Right. We right. all see what it looks like without him right now. Yeah. And if you risk the injury, this is what it's going to look like for months instead yeah. of just a couple of weeks. Especially, especially in a COVID, you know, compacted season and everything that we're talking about. Because we, right, mm-hmm. we're four games in when we should be, what, six to eight games in at this point, I think, on, on under the yeah. normal schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously there's a little bit of that, but then the big thing I think when you look at the grand scheme of things is again, I think it's just a repeat of what we saw the last week, right? It's just an inability to create and and I think it comes down to the way that the roster is constructed, you know, as as the primary source of what we're seeing on the field, right? I mean, I we had we didn't see these in the last couple of years because there's always been that second guy to be able to create, and then even in the absence of a few of them, right, so Valley gets hurt last year, but you still have two guys who can make create chances in 
you know, and Rodriguez and Rossi on the field, mm-hmm. right? So you still have a little bit of that. Now, right, you're left with just Atosta and Rossi being the creators. And again, it's just not enough, especially just given the way that the team is constructed, right? Um, and the tactics, in my opinion, didn't quite meet to what we have available to us, right? Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you can, you know, if this if this is what we're, who's available to us and this is what we're going to play. Like we played the Sounders to a draw, right? And obviously they're, they were out Ladero at the time and Jordan Morris for that matter. But at the same time, when you look at the way that we were able to stress them at minimum, right? And how we approach that tactically, they're in a, in that 35-2 that just, that just spanked the Galaxy, what, 4-1 last week? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? In the same formation. In So, you know, when you look at the, but when you look at the way that they played it, right, it's a, it's a very more that it's a compact block, and you hit them on the counter, and get, and then open them up into space. But the way that our guys are playing is trying to play not in a counter necessarily, but in a weird possession battle where once now we're turned over in certain spots, which against the guys we've had a ten- tendency to do that anyways. Now we're in a weird, you know, now now you're you know you're in uncomfortable positionings um, based on the new formation that you're playing, right? Yep. Like, you know, that first goal, right? You have um, Sifu get the ball taken away, right? Well, there's usually a right back that's going to be moving back to now take up that space where Chicharito was. Blessing had been charging on the field to provide with on the on the break. Yeah, right? and that's so his job. That's his job as an actual wing back, right? Is to get forward and provide width. Absolutely. You know, and then obviously, but where, when you look at where, the the majority of the galaxy's forwards are at the time it's to to the middle and to the to the right of the of the pitch not necessarily in that left-handed spot where Chicharito had just found himself and again he just kind of kind of got a, a you know great you know great bounce towards him mm-hmm. right? I mean like mm-hmm. I don't you know when you make a slide tackle I don't think you're expecting to put that ball on a plate for your striker so yeah. you know again I'm not going to put that on anyone in particular but at the same time as I think it's just an unfamiliarity where as opposed to where he's supposed to be, because I think normally you have, you're going to have Mario out wide in that space with a center, with a midfielder dropping in as opposed when we're in the four, three, three, as opposed to having that three there. And then it ends up pinching towards the middle of the park based on where their forwards were occupying. Yeah. So for me, this is, um, it's tough to, it's tough to know because there's so much to talk about in terms of roster build, in terms of tonight's tactics, uh, three man back line versus what versus our, our regular four man back line. Um, what the change tonight does for me is it creates enough confusion on that back line, that back three, so that when we pick up the ball from a stoppage and everybody's kind of out of position, trying to get back, we don't know where to go. So you see the three center backs are all kind of central, um, Tristan Blackman's foot is what's holding Chicharito on side, or at least making it, you know, look like he is. Uh, I, I don't know if it's worth honestly litigating the lines on, on the pitch. He could be offside. I, I doesn't matter. It, it wasn't called. Um, what does matter is that he's unmarked now in a four man back line where everybody knows their roles a little bit more because that's what we've been training with forever. Maybe he gets picked up. I, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he scores anyway, so it's a moot point. Um, but to me, that's that's where the problem is, is you just don't have clear roles. And when you're ready to 
when you're ready to get out on the break and everybody takes off and then all of a sudden you're, you're counterattacked like that from, like you said, a lucky bounce on, on this tackle. It's hard to know who's going to pick up who, and it doesn't really matter. You know, Chicharito takes one touch and then fires around, around Cisniega. Um, so anyway, to me, that's what it is. It's, it's the confusion about where everybody's supposed to be. Um, and you can argue it was good because we had possession. Sure. Uh, it created zero goals, uh, couple of, of close chances, I guess. But again, when the personnel lets you down, um, it's hard to argue that the tactics were, were right. And then just say, Oh, well, the, you know, the personnel just lets you down. Okay. Well, those tactics were wrong for the personnel then because those personnel shouldn't be in that position to let you down like that. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot to get to. There's a lot to get to, but to me, that's where it all come. That's where it all stems from. And even if you are arguing that the stats back it up or whatever, Bob switched off of it in the, in the second half. And, you know, that's when the LAFC finally looked dangerous, um, was when we switched back to the way that we normally play. So. Yeah. I mean, the thing is anytime we've played the galaxy, they've been more than happy to allow to give possession. Mm -hmm. Right. But possession only tells, like the 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 numbers of possess the possession numbers only tell, you know, a small part of the actual bigger picture of the game. And the thing that you started to realize, is like, yeah, we had a lot of possession, but they were complete incomplete control of the tactics when we were in the three five two, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they were happy to just sink deep, let that space, you know, like let LAFC trying to take up space, which now because of the three M backline, you're pushing numbers forward in an, in an awkward formation. Now when that ball comes out again, like you're saying, we're just not in position because now the break is, is, is occurring in, in, in weird parts of the field. Yeah. Right. Whereas in, when you're in the four, three, three, right. <clears throat> and you're in possession, you have that third midfielder that's, that's in there. Right. And then now as the, uh, even as the, as the pull, fullbacks push forward, right. So it's like in that case, we're blessing is, is moving forward the way that we would expect, you know, our right back to do. <clears throat> One of the midfielders usually flattening out into that space, right? To mm-hmm. to count, you know, to just in case that that counter occurs, right? So again, it's just one of those things where it's like I, I don't know, right? There, like it's like there's just when you look at the bigger picture of things, right? Just looking at the, these numbers and saying why didn't we win this game, right? Is is not sufficient, right? Yeah. I think I think Monty's tweet was uh, right on point. Um, so if you haven't gone to that go check out the LA Wander and his 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 point regarding XG and possession numbers is yeah. perfectly uh, sum, uh summarized right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I mean I guess I guess now's as good a time as any to get into three men back line discussion. Um here's here's my take on it. It is a fad right now and a lot of formations are the four, three, you could say the four, three, three is a fad right now. Um, you have to build the right way to play a three man back line. You need three center backs that are capable of doing it. You need one who's the libero, right? The, 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 what oftentimes in English is called the sweeper, right? So that's Mario today. And you need two ball dominant center backs that can both drive and pass 
really well. Now, to be fair, I don't I don't think our center backs are quite the problem. I don't think Tristan Blackman is a center back. You and I have talked about that for a long time, about how he is a right back and you should utilize his speed and ability to defend in space to do that. Don't bring him in central. Quit goofing around just because he's tall. Um, Eddie Segura is not tall, and he's a good center back because that's his position. Um, so for me, the center backs aren't even the real problem here. The, the problem is what it does then to the midfield and to your wing backs. Latif Blessing out on the wing is really a non-factor. He's not he's not going to whip in accurate crosses. He's not really beating people one-on-one out there. Uh, and he's not connecting a whole lot of passes. Diego Palacios can get down the line and beat the fullback for pace, but you see him really, really tentative today um, on, on how far he's going to push up and his combinations are just no good. And you see him subbed off at the half as a result. Um, shout out to Marco Farfan, who we've been tough on as he spot filled it right back. When he came in and left back, he looked fantastic. Um, the other thing is when you play a two striker system, to me, there's a couple things that you have to have. You either have to have one, an Aiden Jekko type striker who can win a ball out of the air or, you know, at least hold up play and then and then play the ball off to a, a second striker, or you need a number 10. So this is like Pep in his 3-1-4-2 today. Uh, who does he have? He's got Kevin De Bruyne, right? Uh, and so you see LAFC, they, they put Mark Anthony K back at the six who looked good there, I thought. Um, and they push out to West up, up further up the field. So you can leverage some of his creative ability, but it's just not enough. It's just, it's, it's not, that's not his position. So to me, a lot of the problem is, is your midfield now. And because they're being tasked with different things and your wingbacks, because they're, not used to doing that. And again, it's not, you're not playing to everybody's strengths then. Um, and then the ultimate question is, okay, well, what else do you need? And the, the answer is you need a striker. So you don't have to do this, right? They're playing. I have to imagine that they're doing this because they're, they're you know, they're playing these two striker systems because otherwise, what are you going to do? It's going to be Sifu at the false nine, which has not looked good. And they're just paper thin at the, at the forward position. So to me, the personnel didn't match the tactics and the tactics, um, ultimately fell short and Bob switched away from it and, and they looked better in the second half as a result. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. So I think you look at, you know, but even when, even when they have played, like, you know, for example, you play Musovsky with Rossi, I don't think it's, it's still, you know, the Musovsky is a closer, to what you would expect in terms of a guy who's going to get under balls, you know, more of a target guy. Mm-hmm. But even then, they're not using him in that way, right? They're expecting him to get balls at feet on making these runs, which he's just not, you know, he, you know, he scuffed a chance. He's not. Know, I mean, know. yeah, you see him get the ball. You see him get a great ball from K. I think Is it, it was. K that plays in that ball? Mm-hmm. In and, between center know, backs and he just can't get the same right. touch. Yeah. Try, he, it's because he's, again, he's too slow. So he's taking heavy touches so he can run without the ball past the center backs. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. So it's like one of those situations where, you know, obviously like there's a, you know, is he a good depth piece? Absolutely. 
right? Mm-hmm. Is he a guy that you want starting for you day in the out? Absolutely not. So then again, it comes back to this the way that this roster is constructed at this point. And now, you know, when you look at when you reflect on like the the athletic piece, and we were talking about this the other day, um, where they talk about having potentially moved seafood Janela and Palacios's contracts into um, young money contracts, mm-hmm. which now frees up a ton of um, MLS funny money to go and do things. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is a positive sign in my opinion at, at minimum, right? Because yeah. it does give you some hope as to, okay, this, this thing isn't done yet. Right. Whereas, you know, you're like, when you think about what it probably was last year, you are loaded up on a ton of TAM guys that aren't playing TAM level. Right, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a true Tam level guy is a deal Monday, and what he was able right. to produce. Right, it's you know you're gonna pay him about or a million BWP dollars. for that matter. Yeah, you know, and and again, I I think BWP on that on that ball from K puts that thing away, right? The early one to Rossi in the air. No, 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 no. The one that Musovski scuffed. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, which is who we ended up keeping because you know be, we ended up cutting BWP because they were high on Musovski, but. Mm-hmm. Again, like mm-hmm. he, he does a lot of things, you know, probably from a defensive standpoint, right? I, he's probably better than what BWP can offer you at this point. But, he's got more in his legs for sure. If you need, yeah. if you need to count on a guy to go ninety, it's going to be Mus- it's going to be Musovski. But in terms of you know, right now the issue is, I mean, I guess technically our issue is, can do we have a forward that can actually stay on the field healthy for more than five minutes? Yeah. But I did, and also though, is like, do you have a guy who can put games away and? Again, like in absence of Carlos Vela, we just don't have that at right now. Yeah. So let me let me throw the three man back line people a bone here. I think you can get to the point where you're ready for a three man back line if you feel that it's advantageous to LAFC. Um, I think Blackman's going to need a lot of work to play right center back, and I don't know who else on the roster is going to do that for you. Um, so to me, if you're going to go with the three man back line this year, it's going to be that same back line that you saw tonight. So buckle up. Um, I think you add a striker and then you have a front three. So you play a three, four, three with Vail on the right, Rossi on the left and your striker Tam level, whatever in the middle. And then you have Atuesta and player and midfielder X alongside him. Um, again, that's not what I prefer because I would prefer just to say, you know what? We don't need three center backs on the field. We have four or five good midfielders. Let's stick with the four, three, three. Again, that's always been my contention about this whole thing. If you're not going to sign a striker and you're going to say Rossi and Vela are two strikers, then you need a 10. And it can't be blessing, and it can't be Sifu because those guys are anti tens, right? They're not, they're not playmaking tens. So you have Atuesta, and again, midfielder X in a double pivot could be blessing, could be K, could be Sifu, could even be Janela. But you have to bring in a ten to play underneath those two strikers. Um, other and you know may, maybe Moon, maybe Moon on, at right wing back. Maybe that's the plan. Maybe that's why they signed him. So you could push Tristan inside permanently. Um, but either way, this roster is not complete yet. And like you said, Josh, and I think this is the reason that you and I have been talking so much about it this week, and we put out the little tier thing um, on the on the LAFC roster, is to illustrate the fact that 
once you once you remove a few key pieces, this roster is not MLS starters. It's just depth and filler, right? And so that's that's what you're seeing is guys out guys out there that aren't able to do all the things you need them to because they're just they're not they're not starters, and that's okay. They have a role on the team, but you can't expect that much from them. Yeah, and we were being nice to Apoku by sliding him into that starting caliber. So what? What? Uh, what <laughs> you guys saw Josh's version, which is nearly identical to mine. I do not. I have Opoku as depth. I think his ceiling is super high. I don't think he's there yet. Um, yeah, I just think right now. I mean, I when I was looking at, it, I was like, when I compare it to the rest of the league, he probably starts for a lot of teams. And it was yeah, my thought process yeah. there. But again, it's that in the exercise of actually pointing out what our deficiencies are from a roster standpoint. I mean, that's the thing, but this is, this is to be expected with, right. With a year four expansion build, mm-hmm. right. Because you basically have a, what, what did they say? I was listening to it this morning on total soccer show, seven guys from the original season yeah. that are still on the roster. Right. So mm-hmm. you have your core guys, but you have the thing. So you have seven of the what? 25 man roster. Yeah, yeah. Right. So y- you have 18 people that are in flux and mm-hmm. you're going to have issues like this, right? In terms of the way and the, and the ability for them to kind of sew it all together. Right. And especially when you have contracts coming off at the same time, I think that's usually the hardest thing to deal with is that now you're having to make mass signings and then you have mass migration and, you know, in and out of the lineup. Yeah. I think I think one of the things that if like if we keep harping on this roster and I think I think we do because uh, that's where a lot of the problems lie. Um, the one thing that you can say is they clearly expected to sell Rossi and Atuesta, right? They've been transparent about that. Bob talked about it this week. JT talked about it to Paul Tenorio, who reported it, like you said on. Uh, allocation disorder, which is now distributed by TSS. Um, they expected to sell them both and then the market tanked. So they held on to them. And so now they're, you know, they're trying to extend a Tuesta so they can at least, you know, not lose them on a free. They're trying to figure out what to do with Rossi. Brian Rodriguez didn't pan out and he was unhappy. So now he's <laughs> in, you know, he's over in Spain in the second division and, it doesn't look to be going well, so they're going to take a hit there. LAFC are going to have to pony up before they make these sales, and I think their plan was to offload a lot of this talent and then you know free up the cap space, get some get some money back out of it, put some money back in the owners' pockets, and then go out and spend. And they might have to get a little bit more creative than that. They might have to try and spend some money first. And make it work with the cap and then start selling players off because I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Vela comes back and all this is just, um, you know, all this is for naught and we're all freaking out over nothing. But I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it is, it feels heavily reliant on one man, right? Yep. And that's, and again, soccer being inherently a weakling sport does not bode well for your chances. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, you know, when you look at, you know, think about the teams that are winning right now, it's can you really point out the one guy, right, that is miles ahead of everyone else? 
right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, those those guys exist on certain teams, right? Like Messi and Ronaldo are still people. They're still there. They still are amazing, mm-hmm. right? But when you think about the teams that were around them, right, it's nothing short of, you know, you know, it's constantly your FIFA, you know, FIFA best 11 caliber yeah. guys, yeah, right? You know, even the Liverpool team, you, you still have the best defender in the world that's been on, the te- on that team, you know, like, but at the same time, you have other guys around it that really fit in in Major League Soccer, right? We've seen these we've seen these teams that are built around a single entity that is extremely talented, right? The Galaxy being the prime example. Zlatan scored fifty goals in what two years, you know, yeah. and they barely cracked the playoffs, right? They so, missed it one year too. Yeah, missed it the first year, and then you know, and then the second one got bounced, you know, by LAFC. But at the same time, right? This is now what you're starting to see with how this roster has been kind of built. Now, I think again, what they're doing with some of the initiatives with the young money stuff should help out quite a bit, yeah. right? But again, but you're yeah. like you're saying, they're going to have to be willing to spend first, right? Like, what are you going to eat in terms of Rodriguez's contract, mm-hmm. right? Atuesta did resign though. I did yeah. see that come through, so at least that's taken care of. So that's not, and then now the question is, what's going on with Bella's contract? Because it was, I believe, it's either. He's either up this year or he, the team has an option on him for next year. That's right? it. They can, they can, they have an option for next year. Yeah. But again, you don't ever want, I feel like players are never operate well with team options. Yeah. Right. That last year always feels like a lame duck year and just things don't never end the way that you hope. Um, so you obviously get to get that squared away. Um, but you also have to get him healthy and kind of figure out, okay, is he really going to be available for the stretch mm-hmm. run? Um, and is that going to be a problem moving forward? And at that point, you have to figure out who the heir apparent is also, right, in, yeah. in the next couple of years because he's not getting any younger. But at the same time, right, it's moving off, you know, moving, trying to figure out what to do with Rodriguez, right? Do you sell him? You basically just let him walk, right, like at a loss like you did for Andre Orta. And then, you know, which is tough because that's, what, $7 million I think they spent on him or $8 million? Rodriguez? Yeah. I thought it was 11. I don't know if it got... I think it's with if he hit incentives. Oh, okay. And they only own, I think, 50% of his rights as well. I think Pinerol still owns 50% of the sale. And you're probably not going to get any more than four to five for him unless he just... Unless he has an amazing summer with Uruguay, which is always a potential. He does play really well with the national team. Mm -hmm. Right? So, you know, again, there's, there's different opportunity, but again, nothing that really shows us okay this is going you know what we know this is how this is going to end right it's i feel like there's more questions that need to be asked as opposed to the questions being answered at this point yeah yeah okay um one last roster point we talk about it a lot this team undeniably looked its best when you had either christian or christian ramirez or Dio in place, right? First year was good. Marco Arreño was there. He was fine. Didn't score many goals. Didn't really have to. Expansion side, performed admirably, ultimately fell short. Come in the next year, and you've got Dio, and you've got Ramirez later, and the team looks unstoppable, and largely was, right? Until you meet Seattle in the playoffs. Um. Going to the, you know, you move Christian Ramirez, you come into the next year, you reload with BWP, things look good. Relationship sours with Dio, he's gone. You bring in Musavsky. 
and you look good in CCL, but you also have all three of your DPS. Uh, you have a solid back four, all of whom all of whom returned, and you have a good you have a you know you have a good midfield, uh, and then BWP walks and you don't replace him. So you've gone from the tandem of Christian Ramirez and Dio, who's going to start, to now it's just Danny Busovsky. <laughs> and you're like trying to uh, finagle these different formations to play with only two strikers, right? At some point, they've got, they have got to fix this. Um, and I, I don't know what it is. I, it's, it's bizarre to me that they've gone through strikers like they, like they have, because you would think this would be the, the place to play if you were a striker, right? Um, a team that creates lots of chances, that has lots of the ball, um, and that basically just wants you to sit in front of the goal and score tap-ins. So, I don't know, maybe they need to go sign Chris Wanolowski or something. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's just like, But you look at even how the tactic has shifted, right? You went from a team that's going to try and break you down with precise passing and you know you can see that the you know you can tell the obvious like you know you can see the the passing triangles and all these different things and in, in total football and, the, and you see it on the goal right mm-hmm. on rosie's goal like everything at that overhead shot if you haven't seen it is awesome right because it's you great really great see, movement from rosie from the left wing mm-hmm. every you know the way that 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 play was supposed to develop but then you go back and rewind the rest of it none of that is there when they're in the three five two yep right yep. And so, in in what it was started reverting more to, because the, for whatever reason there was a reluctance for those fullbacks to drive all the way down in. You know, like if you're going to play three five two, own the three five two, right? Like yeah. I need I need a Brad Smith type of a performance from Cheeky where he's driving into the eighteen, as yeah. opposed to him stopping short and looping across to, you know, five foot nothing, yeah, in the middle yeah. of the park. Mm-hmm. So again, I they got this one completely wrong, right? And I think if they play their game from start to finish like we always have, right? You get out with probably a a draw or a one nothing win. I mean, they they mounted a ton of pressure in the 17 minutes before they scored that goal, right? It took them 17 minutes from the half to break them down completely and score this great team goal, right? Um and for 45 minutes they looked like they were unable, like they just looked lost in the final third. Again, because they're attacking from a shape that's not familiar in roles that are not familiar. So uh, now is not the time to spring that. Again, to his credit, to his shame, Bob Bob went with it. And to his credit, he fixed it by halftime. So, yeah. I mean, anyway. the last time we tried playing a three of three at the back was against Atlanta in season one, and we got spanked off the field. So that should tell so you. So I think they, I think they went to it last year against San Jose as well. And I don't remember if that was the game that we lost to them or not. But Bob mentioned in his presser that uh, they they went to it in the second half of one of the San Jose games. Either so. way, I don't think we we won. If it was last year, I'm pretty sure we lost that game too. Yeah. Probably. So, again, probably need to stay away from that one for a while. Yeah. All right. Anything else from this game that you want to get into? I mean, I guess we didn't really talk about the second goal yet. Uh, Moon comes in and, you know, he looks hungry. He, what I what I really liked about him is how fast and sharp he looks on the ball. He just looks like a guy who is going to drive the ball forward and find a good pass to make and lay it off. Uh, no questions asked, right? 
So he he's back there with Mario, and Mario tries to do this little flick thing back in the corner, and it gets stolen. Um, the whole back line is completely disorganized as we're trying to recover and just you know hold on for dear life. And Chicharito plays a ball right past Blackman on the on the turn, and nobody's there to pick up Jonah Dos Santos, who scores a screamer and celebrates like this game means something to him. As it should, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like if this doesn't sting for the guys, then you know, like I don't know what we're watching for, right? And yeah. what we're supporting, right? So obviously, this is not. This is one of those ones where, right? You can't. I I don't want to hear the explanations. Right, they need to eat this loss and say, okay, what, and just get it better and improve. Yeah. Right? Um, because obviously there's things that were they're definitely not doing, and again, I think the coaching staff is trying to compensate for a lot of what's not happening on the field, right, from a player perspective. Yeah, yeah. All right. So again, just to recap here, LAFC beat Austin two nil. Uh, they drew against Seattle one one. They drew against Houston 1-1 and now fall to the Galaxy who got shellacked by Seattle last week. Uh, they fall 2-1. to one. Um, Season, there are questions and it's okay to ask questions. So it's okay to, to be frustrated by what you're seeing because what you're seeing isn't good enough. Um, Again, there there's there are ways forward from this, like we talked about. Maybe maybe Vela comes back and it's all good. Maybe Brian Rodriguez figures out, you know what? Maybe Europe's not for me right now. I'll come back humble and we'll get back after it. So maybe somebody is actually at the helm directing this thing, uh, you know, in a in a skillful way. But as of right now, it does not seem like that. And you can't like you just can't believe everything that you're told by the media because nobody asks good questions. Nobody. So, okay. I, I still haven't heard anybody ask Bob about um, why Cisniega has to toe tap the ball to Segura on, on goal kicks. But maybe, maybe one day somebody will. All right. You ready to get any questions here, Josh? Let's do it. We have a lot because people are angry. People should be angry. Okay. Got to get to it here. First one from Ozzy Barajas at Ozzy343. I really hope that we can play with at least two DPs. I'm also hoping Vela isn't holding out. That would hurt in more ways than one. Uh, so we kind of talked about this. Certainly missing two DPs is a, is a big problem. Um, it's, even, it's an even bigger problem when the people that are supposed to replace them are depth pieces. Um, Anything on that one, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like that speaks to the lengthy conversations we've been having about roster build more than anything else, right? And again, I'm I'm not going to speculate on what Bella's current situation is, you know, outside of his injury. You know? So yeah. I'm hoping yeah. it's just that, and he gets back, and we're good to go. Yep. Next one also from Ozzy. Mario really blew it, but most of all, all of the blown chances hurt more. So yeah, I mean, Mario just does. Uh, just clear the ball, bro. Just just clear it when you're under that kind of pressure that far back. But I mean the blown chances, they 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 sting. It's it's not good. Yeah, you should be up four one by the time right Jono Dos Santos puts in that second goal with yeah. all the chances that you, opportunities that you had. 
Yeah. That first half chance from Corey Baird, uh, Baird makes the wrong run. I mean, he makes kind of the right run, but he runs right past, you know, he's making a, a, a run to the inside post and he runs right by the post. So now it's just a matter of Bond coming out and taking away the cross more than anything. Um, Rossi misses that volley from K. It's a great ball from K. Um, tough, you know, tough to kind of do the sidewinder finish, but again, when Rossi's the only, when he's the only option, he, you got to be able to rely on him for that. Um, man, just yeah, really tough. And then the last one from Ozzy, LAFC in Las Buenas y Las Malas. Of course, of course, we'll still be here next week watching again. We just mm-hmm. hope it's a different result. All right. Next one, Josh, from Como in el Minuto Once. This is at Bombazo de Rossi. This is going to happen. We got so used to the beautiful game LAFC was playing seasons ago. It's all good. Bob and the team has a lot of homework to do if they are aspiring to get something this season. And in my opinion, needs to get back. Needs, Sorry. And in my opinion, Atwes needs to get back to the original position. Thanks. What do you got there, Josh? I mean, I, I, I think you ha- Bob's hands been forced a little bit in the sense because you don't have anyone to create, right? This mm-hmm. roster build in lacking a guy like Lee Wen or someone who yeah. can do something underneath the forwards that to, to just create chances, right? Like your best bet is Atuesta, and and you know again, K and and blessing just weren't cutting it in that in those free eight roles trying you know to be able to feed in you know the runners from the outside so you have to get push at twist up farther up the field to get something right but i think that's that kind of speaks to larger issues in the sense that like anytime the coaching staff has to accommodate that much right and have to move people or change formations or do these different things to accommodate for what the roster's limitations are I think it, it it's a it's a bigger problem than just moving a guy back to a certain thing, yeah. right? Like yeah. there's like he's the the coaching staff again only is only there to just give you know put you in the right place kind of thing, right? Or yeah. just put you in the best position to succeed. But when you're when the roster is so deficient that you're having to do funky things, right? It's like when you know you'll see these teams, you know, like in the NFL, right? They'll run, they're playing against the best team in the league. So they have to resort to running all these trick plays to try and score touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's what it feels like to me. It's like you're overcompensating, right. But good teams just play the way that they do and they win games, right. Without, yeah. without compromise, right. Like when was the last time that you saw, you know, you know, Jurgen Klopp or, or, you know, Zidane at those, you know, with those teams really, or even, you know, Barcelona really adjust that much. Right. And when they did overthink it, right, which Pep often does, that's when they lose. Right. It's when you're getting yeah. a little bit too cute as a coach. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, again, I think that as, as important as I think managers are, I, I think when you're having to get to do too much, right. It, and you're, and you are tweaking too much, it's, it's a much larger problem than, again, than any, any kind of, of, formation shift can change right and again i think that's that fifa mindset oh we're not scoring here so we'll just switch to three five two and everything yeah. will be fine yeah you know again it doesn't work that way right there's there's other again other issues that you know that are there that i think aren't being addressed yeah i mean given so i tweeted at halftime that 
Um, they had their best 11 available on the field. Uh, granted that it was not in positions that I thought that I thought they should be to their, I guess to their credit, they, they didn't add additional defenders to make this three man, this really five man back line work. Um, but I mean, this could have easily been a four diamond two where blessing, I guess is in that 10 role. Um, it could have, it could have just been a straight four, three, three, where you have Baird through the middle and Rossi on the right wing and you're, you have a midfield of Sifuentes K and, and Atuesta. And I think that's part of the problem is you are playing so many guys out of position that you put out the lineup and you're like, what, what, what are we going to see right now? <laughs> what? Right. You, you have no idea what you're about to see because, and then come to find out you, Bob's completely blown your mind going a completely different direction. Um, so I, just it was it was bizarre to me to see Atuesta play up there. I thought it helped, like you said, because where else are you going to get any sort of creativity? Um, but man, that was that was rough. It was brutal. Yeah. Part of me wonders: Are you better off playing a four three three and having K being the tallest of all those midfielders, right? Basically, be your target guy and flicking yeah. balls down to runners into space. Right. Yeah, to me. why not? Have him play <laughs> it, the false nine instead of Sifu, right? Yeah. I mean, like his at least you get something in terms of like, you know, his you know, like you said, you're when you're when you're sending in the passes that you are, having, you know, a Pogu or Rossi or Baird, you know, who none of which are ever gonna get you know, out jump anyone, that right. doesn't really do much good, right? Why not mm-hmm. put six foot two Mark Anthony K in the middle of the park, right? And then let him do something. Yeah, right. I mean, and then like, we, yeah. yeah, maybe his the weight on his on his through balls aren't like are leave something to be desired, right? But I mean, you can't teach size and speed, right? Right. All right. Next one, PG at Paul T Greco. Frustration. The roster build is unacceptable. We let BWP go and are worse off. We have one DP injured, maybe not interested, and the other unable to play in a second division La Liga, taking up a room. Our subs are lower tier, and we put them in when it's tied. So this is another thing that I sent out at the beginning of the game. Like, <laughs> you better get it done in the first half because there's nobody coming to save you, right? Um, and in the end, what saved us is Bob. You know, Bob makes a double sub, takes off Sefuentes for Opoku, and uh, who was the other one he took off? He brought on. He took off Palacios. Palacios and brought on Farfan. So that's a like for like, right? Um, but it's really the tactical switch that gets you back to, to your wheelhouse and allows you to score. Uh, and then after that, you see them chasing and there's just, you know, what do you get? Corey Baird's tired from chasing the game so much. You bring on Danny Musovsky and it's like, well, okay, that's not, <laughs> it's, uh, there, who was the player last week, last year when we talked about it, Josh, where we'd always talk about whenever this player comes on, it's just a concession that this game is done. Um, I wanted to say it's that one midfielder that we never saw. I forget his name. That's playing for San Diego right now, but that's not. It's not him. Was it one of the Perez brothers? No, yeah, it was Adrian Perez. Adrian Perez, yeah, right. Right when he comes in, you're just like, (laughs) okay, like you're just you're just hoping and praying at that point, right? There's not right. There's not a clear tactic. There's not a reason why you're bringing this person in. You're just like someone's tired. We got to get another body on there and see what happens. Yep, and again. That's that's so much of the that's so much of the bench that we have at LAFC right now, to the point where 
how many was it? Six or seven were on the field for Las Vegas Lights earlier in the week, and they lost four or five nothing to Galaxy Two. So it's just you can't tell me that the roster build is 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 good. You can't. Granted, there's going to be limitations because of the MLS salary cap and the structure of of contracts and what you can and can't do. But um, it's got to be better than this. All right. LAFC Hawaii at 901 Chastain. Blackman should have been pulled, not Segura. Opoku should start over Baird. And with this, and this with Vela might be something much bigger. He can he can practice, but he isn't ready for game day at Derby. Something isn't adding up. Hashtag LAFC. All right, a couple things there, Josh. I'm going to list them off for you to respond to. Blackman should have been pulled off, not Segura. I mean, I... I don't really, there's not, they're interchangeable for me at that point, right? And my guess is you're probably just trying to keep Hyde in there to deal with Zubak trying to flick balls onto Chicharito's feet. I'm yeah, assuming. I mean, Bob Bob talked about it in the presser after the game. It's really just, they wanted his speed back there to be able to recover. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen Segura in the midfield before. Maybe, maybe he helps as you're pressing forward, but I think they wanted Blackman back there with Mario just in case. One got through. A Poku should start over Baird. So let me let me preface this by saying I would prefer that neither of them start. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the ultimate solution. But Opoku doesn't I mean he in terms of what you need in terms for movement to create space and those types of things and the play that you want to play, he's not that guy. Right? He's the yeah. guy that you're going to come that you want to stretch the field after you're up two one two zero whatever, and you can you can lob the ball down the wing, and he's going to go chase it down and create yeah. make something of it, right? He's it's not his role in TCL, right? That's that's his wheelhouse right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just utilize it like you used so many other so many of your other really speedy players to break the game wide open when they first got here. So. Yeah, but he's not a guy that's you know, going to do much in terms of creation and moving and being in the, like, again, I, I'm not sure he's ever in the right place. It's, it's what it seems a lot of is he's in the wrong place, but is quick enough and fast enough to recover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next comment about Vela being able to apparently practice, but not ready for, you know, a game against the galaxy, not adding up. Um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that that the the team that is, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for another week or two on this, that, you know, you're not going to get caught up in the spectacle of, of playing the galaxy on national TV and risk what your season is just for that one game. So benefit of the doubt for now, but um, eventually that's going to run out too. anything on that one, Josh. Yeah. I mean, not really. I don't like there's not much I can add to that at this point. Yeah. Next one, Lionel Hutz at from cheap seat. I've spent the last two hours whining about the game. I'll just point out a positive. I liked what I saw from moon. Good touch, good burst, accurate passes. Yeah. We kind of, we kind of touched on this, but I mean, yeah, he looks as advertised, right? Clean on the ball, yeah. fast, uh, active. So hopefully, hopefully some, we can see some more of in the future. Yeah, I mean, it just gives you flexibility too, right? If I mean, if you're not getting what you need from from Blackman or whatever it may be, that gives you just another opportunity to get a guy in there who can do something different. Yeah, and and look, 
you and I have talked up Blackman a lot. Um, I rate him as an MLS right back pretty high. Uh, I would love nothing more than for LAFC to all of a sudden have a better player than Tristan Blackman. Uh, I would love for them to have, I would love nothing more for them to have better players all over the field. Um, so definitely not going to hold any grudges or, you know, when, when that spot is taken, good. Absolutely. Beat him out. Take the spot. All right. Uh, Maya Minor at Shop Eat Sleep. So many missed opportunities. Seems to be a trend. Why? Parenthetical note here, including missed opportunity of yet again, no Vela versus Chicha. All right, Josh, missed opportunities. Why? I mean, when you think, I mean, let's go back to the tiers, right? You're, you, The majority of your guys aren't guys that you expect to come big in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. So why would we expect them to do it in, in the beginning of the game? <laughs> right, I mean, and part yeah. of it is, again, it's it's... You're asking guys to play out of position, and in in doing stuff that they're not comfortable with, right? And or you're trying to vet guys in into a new system where they, again they haven't quite figured out what their exact role is, right? I think there, I think Baird has a lot of potential for what they what they what the team wants, but it's not going to look right unless Carlos Vela's there, kind yeah. of thing, right? So there's just a lot of these things where it's like I think you're you're putting weight onto guys' shoulders that it should never be there to begin with if the roster is built correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. So at that point, yeah, it's frustrating to see these opportunities missed. Right. You know, with the exception of, you know, but at the same time, what do I expect from Danny Musovsky? Right? I don't expect yeah. him to be a, a leading the league in goals. Right. But I expect Rosie to finish. I expect some of these other guys to make, you know, to do their thing. So again, like when Rosie had his chance, he did what he could, but the other guys, yeah. You know, like you can only ask so much, you know. So to me, yeah. I think this falls more at the feet of the way that the thing is built, right? In terms of, you know, they're they're caught between trying to make a push to be the best team in the league and win the cup and also being a selling team, right? right. That that right. that develops guys and sells them on for huge fees, which now continues that cycle. But, you know, again, when you haven't been able to sell and to move anyone, okay, you know, like half your, you know, like puts you in an awkward spot where now you got to win, but then you don't have the guys to do it. So mm-hmm. again, like it, to me, it's, it really comes down to what the front office at the end of the day, right? The buck stops there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I will say just to add a little bit, something different here, you either have to increase the quality of your finishes or the quality of your chances. So Quality of your finishes is going to come from a striker, clearly. Quality of the chances is going to come from upgrades, from whoever is supposed to create on this team. I don't really know anymore because it's just not happening at all, right? Uh, in the past, Vela's been able to create a lot of chances because he's just better than everybody and he'll draw double teams and be able to pass the ball away. Um, Betashore used to do it from fullback. Um, Blackman's more of a combination fullback, not really the threat in the box, I would say, to create chances. Palacios has, has been pretty good at creating chances. But that's about it. Once you get into the midfield, there's not a whole lot. You, again, you see it from Atuesta. He's the one that creates all the chances. Um, but if you're not able to stretch the midfield and the back line horizontally, like you like to talk about, there's not going to be a whole lot in terms of passing lanes for Atuesta to be playing those balls in from deep. So yeah, you got to increase those two things or at least one of them. 
I will say I really miss Stephen Bateshore. Just not necessarily yeah. just from his play on the field, which he, again he was a guy that's always in the right place at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. So some of these issues where Blackman's not where he was supposed to be, or blessings pushing up too high, whatever that that didn't happen when Beta's there. That's the first mm-hmm. point. Second, right? This is a team that is screaming for someone to be the to have a veteran leader in the locker room at this point. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. seem. I'm not sure who's stepping up at this point to be able to now call out guys when they need to be. Or right. pick guys up for that matter. I think I think eventually it probably becomes Muriel if he's there long enough. I so, can see that. And hopefully he's he's here long enough. All right, next one, Al Hopkins at Culver City Al. I wouldn't panic just yet. No Vela. Chicharito was offside first goal. Overall, we control the game. Our defense looks fine. Offense will get better, but we need a real goalie and Kuhn Aguero. I mean uh I won't take a my thing, I think the last statement is the one that is the most is the most important, right? Because I think you add those two things, right? And maybe not necessarily a whole new goalie, but I just need him to be able to actually pass the ball properly. Um, that's the first one. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that. You know, again, having having Segura take goal kicks is not a thing. Now, putting Gimme Kunaguer on the middle of of Vela and Rossi, and you know, again, I, I don't think we're at work. I, you shouldn't hear a single complaint from anyone you know, for the next yeah. year, year and a half or so until, until the wheels fall off, right? Mm-hmm. Both of those guys. Cause it, you know, that's what you're expecting. That's a win now move and you go from there. So, um, you know, as it pertains to, well, it also, it also pushes, it pushes the depth further down, right? So right. now if, if you have, again, we're just putting out Aguero because that's what was tweeted at us. If he's your starting nine and you have an injury to Vela. Now it's Baird and Vela are Baird and Aguero and Rossi, right? That's that's who's on there. So it's okay. Like those those other two are going to be okay with Baird, right? But when you're missing all of them, that's where it becomes a big problem, right? It's a heavy heavy lift for Rossi to get everybody going. So um again, I I don't I don't know uh Chicharito's onside or not I it looks really really close could they have taken a look at it on VAR sure but uh the idea that we're just going to write off the win because we controlled the game did we did Barcelona control the game against Liverpool when they came back what was it three nothing in the Champions League a few years ago and Liverpool won in the second leg no, right? They they may have had possession, but they lost that game. The year before that in the Champions League, when Roma came back to score four goals uh, in, the, in the second leg and they were just bombing balls to Aiden Dzeko, did Barcelona control that game? They may have controlled possession, but they did not control that game. Roma controlled that game and enacted their will. They said, sure, have the ball. When we win it, we're going to fire it to Dzeko and you guys are going to be screwed. Um, so I saying they controlled the game is, is one thing, but did they really, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they did that. You, you had, you had more of the ball. Sure. Good. What did you do with it? Yeah. We may have had possession of the ball, but they had control of the game. Right. It's kind of what I felt for the part of it. Like Vanny's game plan was the one that shone through and, more than Bob's did. 
Yeah. Right. At yeah. least until we made the switch back to the four three three. Right. Right. And once you did, everybody was tired. And again, the same thing came came up where there's nobody to sub in to help you, right? Musovsky's not coming through to to take over this game. All right. Jeffrey B. Bamaka at Jeff Bamaka. The 3-5-2 is supposed to help create width while maintaining a defensive shape and prevents counters. Apart from the issues you've already pointed out in other tweets, we had no width in the final third, and the two to three center backs were so high up they'd caught on the they'd be caught up. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what he's saying here. We're so high up, they were caught on the counters, we'll go with. Um, yeah, it's in the in the first half, I mean, it's just like we talked about kind of to death at this point. It's just different roles, right? It's it's not something you can just switch out uh, based on what week it is, right? Um, I do agree that it, you, you, know, you are trying to maintain a defensive shape, and you'll see that they did a good job of maintaining that little diamond in the back between the three center backs and, and Mark Anthony K, who was at the six at that point. Um, that's something that you typically see from three back teams where they'll, they'll form that little diamond to be able to maintain possession and then build out from there. Um, again, it's, it's where does the creativity come from in that, in that final third? And you're supposed to get that from your wing backs and from a 10 and you got nothing, nothing. Uh, anything on that one, Josh? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help when your wingbacks are, are basically just stopping in midfield, and then I'm not sure what they're doing at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then like I said, when the when possession is lost, right? You have guys, you know, as they're pushing up high, also from a three-five-two, which I'm not sure that's usually what you intend, right? Is to have your a high line while playing a three-five-two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you. So you, you will see oftentimes in possession those those center backs, especially the the outside center backs, they will push up high to help maintain, you know, some sort of diagonal passing, but yeah, but it feels like their width was off in that yeah, sense too. Yeah. Though, right. Whereas yeah. like, I would expect them to be a little bit wide, but they pinched in a little bit more centrally yeah. where they would normally be if they're in a four, three, three, right. Which is where I think, like I said, switching off that positioning sense when they're used to playing something else was, it yeah. became an issue. Yeah. Next one from Jeff. Farfan did much better this game, but who would you have started? Sifu did not contribute much from my eye, and we have no presence in the box. What did you think of Moon? I feel like we've talked a lot about most of this stuff, uh, and I do want to shout out Marco Farfan, who looked much better on the left, um, both defensively and in the attack. Um, looked dangerous on the dribble. His crosses were good, even though you and I kind of talked about how... <laughs> Uh, and Jeff points it out here too. There's no presence in the box. Who's going to get on the end of these aerial crosses, no matter how good they are. Um, so he's a left back, like we've said from the beginning, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Sifu didn't contribute much, subbed off at the half. We talked about Moon looking good. So we'll call that one good for now. Next one, LAFC Kansas Midwestern supporters. It's just a gif of Tracy Morgan saying no, 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 nope. And that's kind of how we all feel. Next one from Juan Pablo at JBoost4. We need a forward and a center back. Um, Josh? <laughs> we need a forward, less center back. Yeah. Uh, right. If we're going to go three in the back, we need another center back for sure. Yeah. 
And then, you know, but if you're going to play, if you're going to stick with the typical game plan, I think you need a forward and then you need an attacking midfielder that actually knows how to attack, not yeah. not a pressing eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. Uh, new list, well, new tweet. Uh, new Twitter personality here on our timeline. The Cali Red, at the Cali Red. Sounds like your kind of guy or gal, Josh. Just wishing we were as clinical as the teams we play. They get two chances off bad gives, giveaways and score both. Need Vela fit, need to pass and control better, need to be more decisive in front of goal. Need a lot right now. Yep, that accurately sums up this whole podcast tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we talked about it in Maya's, in the response to Maya's tweet, right? The, the, the clinical finishing. Um, we've talked at length about not having Dio and BWP and Christian Ramirez, who was not a clinical finisher, but he was something. Um, he was our not clinical finisher, right? So couldn't agree with you more there. Trevor Rayleigh at Godaito. I think I said that right. Why are there so many incomplete crosses? It seems like there was a lot of deferring when crosses swung into the box. Again, <laughs> uh, counterpress listeners are the smartest listeners, right? They are all saying the same thing. <laughs> Because yeah. that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, I mean the the nature of the cross is uh, is very much a fifty fifty ball at at best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, unless it's you know, and again, would you even consider like a low burning cross to the foot of a on running forward across? Not in the traditional sense, right? Like what we yeah. saw was looping crosses to five foot six forwards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is not ever going to work. You know, yeah. like I said, what what that's why I expected more from the fullbacks to drive to the end line and cut it back in because that's a little bit more that plays to our strength, right? In terms of who's on the field. Yeah, I mean that's typically how how we're trying to score, right? And I mean to be fair to them, at the end of a game, you're going to be trying to get in early crosses as much as possible to save time, right? And hopefully you get on the end of one of them. But uh, out of the three five two, we don't look like we know how to combine to get to the end line where you're basically just saying, Hey, wingbacks, you got to go do this. You got to drive to the end line. You have to beat your man because you are the winger, right? It's your job to take on the fullback one-on-one, get to the end line and cut across back in for who would be Atuesta and, and Sifu, I guess, who are the, the late arriving midfielders. Um, that's their job as wingbacks. And they're just not, they're not that. So, um, couple, Yeah. <laughs> It's it's tough when you're chasing. Next one, Eddie Wetter at Toddy Two Tones. The product without Vela ain't great. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed said. it. Now here's the last one. Cookie dough at Viva. Actually, I do have one more after this. Sorry. To be fair, both goals came from really dumb defensive lapses. Blackman was too slow to step up with the rest of the back line, not to mention giving away the preceding free kick on the first. And then the second one was just effing Benny Hill. Hard to hit a goal with a bus in front. Uh, sure. I mean, teams teams break down park buses plenty. And, you know, it's not like Galaxy's back line is – it's not trying to break down Atletico Madrid, right? Um, again, I don't, I don't know what people expect from Tristan Blackman playing an offside trap when Sifu has the ball. It's not Blackman's job to, 
to play an offside trap when his attacking midfielder is on the ball. So I, 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 I don't see it. You know, he gets tackled. It's a great tackle from, I think, Williams. Um, and the ball fi- falls right to Chicharito's feet. So tough break. What are you going to do? Anything on that one, Josh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot more that can be said, right? It's just one of those situations where, you know, like it in that in that situation, I don't, I don't know what you, what else you can ask of him there, right? Other than like, you know, maybe he should have just been out wide, like further out wide, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, three men back line, right? We talked about it. Should he be out wide? I don't know. He probably doesn't know either. Bob probably doesn't know because they haven't played a three-man back line much. So, um, I don't, I just don't know what you're supposed to do there. Um, I have one more, Josh, that I want to share, uh, from somebody that, uh, sent a DM actually, David Bevan. Uh, and here it is. And I want to share this one because, um, it's some passion coming out. I like that. Hey, long-time listener, first-time caller. We need a Tam Gam, whatever, level number nine, a proper striker. That's it. Doesn't have to be a DP. I love Sifu, but he's not a false nine. Absolutely agree. And this is starting to feel like the ref equivalent of what we did last year with that gaping hole at right back, which imbalanced the side to an often lethal degree. Instead of improvising when you don't have to, sign a striker who isn't a project. Jennings isn't it. All due respect. Musovsky's a, ba- a backup at best. Come on. Um, so David mentioned that, you know, he's he's not on Twitter a whole lot, that he's listened for a while, hasn't hasn't written in before. But I think it's worth noting that people are frustrated. Are you sure this wasn't a Kirk Kinsey burner account? Just <laughs> any messages so that we can just voice so. our frustration to ourselves. I think so. Right. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I, the issues are clear and apparent. Right. And I think it's one of those things where we've tried to patch over some of these issues for a long time, because again, you could before when, I mean, like when everything's going well and you were scoring a hundred goals a season or whatever it was with, you know, with Christian Ramirez and Dio, then you can, you know, like I said, you don't really have, you know, those, those, cries call fall on deaf ears right but yeah. when it's when it's when it doesn't look good and now again you've tried this this trident of rodriguez um bella and rossi and it just hasn't worked with three interchangeable you know yeah. wings i mean again like again it's clear that this that this team functions at its best with an with an actual guy who you know again and we you know vince We've talked about this with Vince at length, and we've long defended, you know, the the, the thought of a to- the total football and interchangeable parts and those different things. But I think there's something to be said for a guy who just has that bullish quality, who can just now yeah. make charging runs into space and and do different things. I think that's what it comes down for. Or it comes down to for me, Josh, is when the team was scoring goals in bunches and it was just like three and four goal games every single week. Yeah. Concede goals. That's fine. We'll talk about it. We'll nitpick that stuff, but ultimately you're still winning. And that was because you were set up a certain way. And over the past year and a half, when we, when we've looked at our personnel, we have not scored goals at the same rate, right? 
And so you have those, those three DPs together on the field don't work. Um, they don't score goals at the same rate. We've seen this team score before the midfield looks less and less effective as time goes on and teams start to understand, okay, well, maybe if we just stand Latif blessing up instead of trying to dive in where he can wiggle out of space because he's good on the ball and we'll just stand him up and make him pass, then we'll be okay. You know, maybe if we sit back a little bit off of Mark Anthony K and make him try and thread more balls, we're just going to intercept more passes from him. Um, so we've seen, we've seen it look really good before. And we know that Vela walking through the door doesn't necessarily just solve all those problems. It helps, like you said, paper over some of these problems because there's going to be more goals undeniably, but it's still not going to be back to where we've seen it before, um, with the likes of Dio. Um, I don't know if any of that makes sense. makes sense in my head. Yeah. I mean, I think like I said, it's like, I think there's something to be said for a diversity of 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 approaches to the game, right? Mm-hmm. Right. When you have kind of like we, I think we talked about a lot how Rossi and Rodriguez often felt redundant, right? Yeah. In terms of what Absolutely. they're and in, in terms of what they're good at, right? If and even then, if you have Rodriguez trying to do that on the left hand side, what what's Vela doing? Like you're mm-hmm. now taking the ball out of your best players away from your best player and giving it to a guy who hasn't proved it yet. Yeah. Right. Versus, okay, when Vela gets that ball on the right hand side, it can cut underneath. Now you have two guys just diving as hard as possible towards the front of goal. Right. And either, either going to create space or get on the end of a, end of a pass from Vela. Right. One of those things, two things are going to happen. Right. But again, it, with, with what you have right now, the personnel just doesn't, it doesn't complement each other, right? It does, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. you're, it's like you're buying the way that this team is currently constructed is if you basically went to your, you know, your, your whatever FIFA rating website, you hit the button that says potential and it lists the rating, like what's the potential highest rating yeah. that these guys yeah. can get. And you're buying the cheapest guy from that potential list mm-hmm. as opposed to, okay, let's actually take a look at the way these guys interact and how their games fit together and then constructing that way. Right. Yeah. It, it's more of, of a game. Of, it's like the scouts, are, are building the team rather than, you know, initially the way that it was, was you had Bob and Thornton with a clear game plan as to how they wanted to play now putting this all together. And it seems like they've, the focus has gone more towards probably, you know, the pandemic probably has a lot to do with it. The focus has gone more towards finding guys they can, they can develop and sell on as opposed to finding guys that can win in yeah. this very moment. And I mean, that's, that's why we liked them signing Jesus Murillo so much, right? Is because it finally felt like, okay, this is a guy that they want to have for a while. Yeah. It's going to build his way into the squad and you're probably not going to sell on. He's 27 years old, right? 26, 27. Like, yeah. Th- there's, and, you know, this is probably his highest potential, but could he be one of the best center backs in Major League Soccer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Same, same thing with Walker Zimmerman, right? It was kind of that same thing, right? So, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's not a guy that you're really going to sell on to your, you know, he's not $50 million Aaron Long. Right. Um, but now when you look at the theme, like there's just this chasm between, you know, the, the, the guys that have a lot of potential and guys that are built to win. And, and again, I think they're caught in between those two things again, probably because of the pandemic didn't allow them to kind of execute their particular plan. But again, that's, 
That's what the, that's what they're getting paid for. Is to figure that's everybody. Things. Everybody in the league is under the same exact conditions as they. For are. sure, but we talked about this before, right? Like, think about the teams that win. It's Seattle, mm-hmm. right? When's the last time Seattle sold someone on? Yeah, is right? loaning Jordan right. Morris. <laughs> you know, right? Brad Smith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, took they're, off and then they brought him right back. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not developing guys to sell on to Europe. They're they're developing guys to help them win. In, you know, it's developing Christian Roldan. Right? Mm-hmm. Are we impressed? In, incredibly impressed with what Roldan does? No, but he won an MLS Cup. Yeah, right. Yeah, he does. It, you know, it's it's like we always talk about. They're they're good MLS players, and you need like that's what you need. Yeah, and it's okay to get ambitious and want to sell players on. Uh, but did you? So you listen to the the the? You said you did listen to Allocation Disorder. Uh-huh. Okay, so one more thing. We're getting kind of lengthy here, but. They were talking about the Jim Curtin Gabriel Heinze feud, uh, and they talked about how Jim Curtin kind of bristled at Gabriel Heinze for not, you know, for going after him. And this idea that oftentimes when people come into the league, they're they're arrogant. They're going to do something different. That, no, we're going to do it different, and that's what's going to make it successful. Instead of going with something like tried and true, which is what they're saying. You know, Jim Curtin is doing something tried and true. Um, and Gabriel Heinz is going to try and do something new. So basically what they're saying is Heinz is a little bit arrogant and probably needs to, you know, take a seat and, and learn a little bit more. And while I don't bow down and worship the league at the, in the same way that other people do, if you, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, that's not the case. I do think there's something to be said about, looking at franchises that do it over and over and over and over again and learning from them. Um, and how, I mean, how do they do that? They sign big money strikers. They sign a center, one center back that is solid for a long time. They have a couple midfielders that are good and they have, a, you know, a couple American players that you don't have to pay as much that are, that are, that perform above than it, you know, above the average. Yeah, I mean, the question has been asked, how often are disruptors successful in the marketplace? Yeah. Across yeah. the board, right? Whether it's business, whether it's whatever, maybe like how often, you know, and again, and usually when a disruptor is able to make its mark, right, in terms of like, again, like coming in and doing something completely different, whatever it may be, yeah. it's because everything else has gone stale, right? As opposed to is what you're quote unquote trying to do that's new actually better than what everyone else is doing? Right. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Yeah. You know, but oftentimes it's probably not revolutionary, right? Like the game has been around for hundreds of years. It's only changed so much. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you have you you'll only see leaps and bounds every now and then. Has Pep Guardiola revolutionized the way that we play? No, but he's a dang good coach. Right? But, you know, like that that philosophy comes from a bunch of other different guys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that's where it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you can, again, I think they're caught in between two different worlds, right? It's like, are you FC Dallas and pumping out, you know, these these U.S. men's national team candidates left and right, mm-hmm. right? Or or even Philly for that matter, right? Yeah. Who technically, I think even Pulisic spent time at their academy for at least whatever was pre, the precursor to their academy at some point. Maybe, um, maybe. But, you know, or are you going to be, you know, S- Seattle, Right, who's never sold a certain, you know, but you're owned by yeah. billionaires. What so does it yeah. matter? Yeah, I mean, 
to, to your disruptor point, LAFC did come in as disruptors. They did a lot of things 100% correct. Supporter culture, uh, the initial roster build, the coach, the ambitious style of play that kind of took the league by storm. Um, so many, so many things were right and end up winning the supporter shield as a result, similar to Atlanta, right? And then Atlanta had to start moving some players because you start to run into, into cap space issues and you have one injury to, uh, Joseph Martinez and you realize, Oh, well, I guess we're not as deep as we thought we were. Right. Um, and now I, I think LAFC is in a similar spot, so hopefully they can weather the storm and, and re add some of that depth. Anything else tonight, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I think that's it. I mean, I, mean, I think we're capable of pulling ourselves out of this. It's just going to t- yeah. make, you know, like 100%. I said, it, it's, I think the things that, the things that are going to need to happen to, to write the ship have a lot to do with how they conduct their business in the international market. Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like if they can move the guys that they intended to move and, and get the ball rolling, the pieces will all fall into place because I think, I think the foundation is still there, right? Which is the beauty of this team, right? It's built on a strong foundation. The question yeah. though, is it, like I said, does, does the havoc that, that, that the pandemic has kind of wreaked upon soccer as a whole, right? Yeah. From European Super League to all these other things that are happening, right? The downstream effect is kind of what you're seeing now, right? Mm-hmm. With LAFC because of the way that the, it's constructed, right? Let me let me paint a rosy picture for everybody so we can escape our grief after losing to, to Galaxy again. LAFC, find a way to move on from Brian Rodriguez. I don't care. Take a hit. Owners are okay with it. Whatever. You sell him for $50 million, whatever it is. You, you're you able to move him uh, in the summer. This summer, because you've been able to restructure Sifu and Janela's contracts and buy them down from whatever TAM level signing that they were into young money players, and so you now have more MLS funny money, and you go out and you signed a DO level striker. I don't care if it's from MLS. I don't care if it's from uh, the championship. I don't. I, I don't care where it's from. Eredivisie, whatever. Do level striker, and Vela's healthy, and Rossi's healthy, and now you have a striker in place, and an open DP, an open DP spot for when you sell Atuesta this winter. You're able to go out and replace him with a midfielder. Um, that leaves you Atuesta through the rest of the year. It leaves you with a healthy attack going into the playoffs. Um, and we've already talked about how the back line is solid. So I think that's how they get out of it. I think that's how they get out of it and how they, they can weather this storm, like you said, and still plan for the future. So you can follow us at counterpress underscore Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. And you can find me at Kirk Kinsey. We will see you all next. Well, we won't see you. We'll see you on Twitter but we'll talk to you all next week after our next match. Good night.